0: You, 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 you know the the S E A. You know the the S E A. a, town,
1: I be, I
0: be a, a S-E-A. Hello and welcome to episode 404 of the Fabulous Pelton Cast, sponsored by our friends at Palacci Pizza. I'm your co-host Kevin Pelton.
1: And I'm Tristan Carcino.
0: And we're once again recording in different locations. I'm in Seattle, Washington, home of the four-time WNBA champion Storm.
1: I'm coming to you from Ren Washington home of the Super Bowl 48 champion Seattle Seahawks episode 404.
0: No error. No error here.
1: Wow, uh, I love it. I was well, kind of like we're we're in half of the 212. Um but but we're not.
0: That that's just, we're we're half of the 808.
1: air. No, no, there we go. Half of the 808s.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what is possibly an error? What is that? No toast this week. We have no toast. I and actually you know I need to go double check I don't think I looked at the soft no
1: no to toast if, this week
0: to see if there there were any players of the week in the past oh, Ro
1: up from oh, Utah's Round up
0: <laughs> well you know what we have this week that's
1: the 404 air we Peltoncast live at uh the live what did you call it
0: you called it live roundup
1: <laughs> no you, you? you no that was a joke to you but last oh. week on the podcast you were like we're gonna have our first live reporting from the <laughs> husky basketball game. <laughs> was that what I said? Something like that. As if we were going to like...
0: Oh, here um, it is. Uh, there we go. You a pitcher Ruby Malin. Congrats on being named Pac-12 Pitcher of the Week. So,
1: Wow, you didn't even have that beforehand?
0: I didn't. I I, I neglected that one beforehand. Uh, the first Pitcher of the Week award for Ruby Malin, who uh, was 2-0 at the Shriners, Ch- Shriners Children's Clearwater Invitational uh, with a 0. 0.7 era we'll talk a little bit more about that in UW softball and the games they didn't play later in really? the really
1: do you think she gets a hat for that from the Pac12 no from the Shriners invitation oh <laughs> no they they all wear the hats while they're playing right
0: uh the, the photo does not reflect that but perhaps it was a it was an old photo hmm. but i feel like we should get right into it wow because we? is there there's not no, there's not actually that much going on, other than you reporting <laughs> on a variety of sporting events that you attended. And I went to
1: Roundup Live
0: this weekend.
1: We should get right into it because there's more coaching news. Apparently, the Seahawks have more coaches.
0: So many position coaches. It turns out when you hire a new head coach, we, they hire a finally, lot of coaches to go with them.
1: It was. I feel like we finally reached ninety status of caring about the position coaches. Where every bit of news, I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good, Shefty. I don't think you need to report on this one. I
0: I mean, look, we have some notes on the offensive and defensive assistance, like not even positions, like nebulous quality control assistance. So we're not going to come back to the has 90s like, anytime a
1: soon. where he's like, yeah, that's not important enough for me to report. I, <laughs> or does he I'm, just report at all?
0: I am sure that there is a threshold.
1: <laughs> the Seahawks did not reach it today. I reached oh. it.
0: We're not going to talk about the Seahawks right now. Instead, we're going to resume. You're going to begin on the search for <laughs> Seattle's best cookies, or cookie? I don't know. I don't know which one it is. Oh God! With a big one, hello, Robin. And so back in the Pelton Cast Dark Ages in 2015, uh, you'll recall that you and I began a search for Seattle's best cookies. No, back then. It's true. Wow. And I went and reviewed the notes and you referred to Hello Robin as life altering. Wow. Because that was the first time that we had ever had it. You came across it in, I believe, a Seattle uh, magazine. I don't think it was Seattle. That Seattle magazine list of Seattle's best cookies. Okay. Uh, we we had this conversation. So that was been
1: before open... those publications ripped us off for everything.
0: <laughs> true. This is when we were strictly ripping them off. <laughs> So Hello Robin, which has been maybe Seattle's most prominent like cookie exclusive cookie chain.
1: That's we're going to have a, an award for that. <laughs> Seattle's
0: That's most a,
1: prominent a, cookie.
0: A toast. Uh opened by Robin Well Martin in Capitol Hill in 2013 with encouragement from her friend Molly Moon Neitzel, who uh of course the Molly Moon's ice cream is a key feature at Hello Robin.
1: That was we, my look was ice cream.
0: Oh, Seattle's best ice cream is that? Is that what you're getting at? Or
1: are are not maybe a ton, but
0: well, let's let's actually complete a search before okay, we get on. To are you familiar visit. with
1: a company called Sugar Soda Fountain and Ice Cream?
0: I don't think I am. No,
1: uh, I believe it is in the market. I'm learning by a quick Google. Okay, uh, it's it's sort of just like a little stand, right? Mm-hmm. And they had it. At, oh, we'll talk, I'll talk about the Kraken game later, but they had it at the Kraken game. It was truly incredible. Did
0: party. you see, they have treat cookies at the Kraken games, right? Still? I have no idea. They did at one point. Jojoy, right?
1: Didn't see didn't that see,
0: either. I'm, I'm pretty confident jojoy is there, but...
1: I will be honest, there are a lot of times that I just don't go any... Like I, Especially when we had pretty good seats for the Kraken game, but like if I'm in the club or whatever, I'm not going to leave from the club. And for this game, I traveled the whole arena, the circumference. I, I went to places I've never been before, and I—I I, should I talk about it right now or save it?
0: I mean, it's not specifically cookie related, so let's save it. Okay, <laughs> but you did not see. I it.
1: do have Too arena thought, general arena thoughts. Oh, like
0: I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Uh, so anyways, so I was actually kind of surprised to. Relearn that going back through the notes because I had always kind of assumed that I learned about Hello Robin from Third Pelton brother Sue Bird who, at
1: any You're opportunity, just try trying to have a flex.
0: <laughs> you want know to I mean I'm not not trying to have a flex.
1: I think it was LeBron James who mentioned to me actually. Just- like, <laughs> you could just say that Sue Bird, You could just say that Subert recommended everything to you.
0: But but in this case, Subert was not mentioned in in the notes there and. Like you made it clear that you found it on the on the this list of Seattle's best cookies, and that's when we first went to Hello Robin. But Sue, at every opportunity when she's asked about her favorite places to go in Seattle, will shout out Hello Robin. She is truly devoted to Hello Robin cookies. Okay, fair and, enough. And we did ask her about it when we had her on the podcast about in Hello 2017. Robin? I
1: have yeah. no recollection of any of this. I'll have
0: to that was pull up the
1: 2017.
0: I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. <sighs> you're you're, you're limited the passage of time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just want a description on like the trans the transcripts of. <laughs> Do you know that on Zoom you could get like an AI transcript of your meeting? So we could have transcripts of the Pelton cast Are you? Aware I don't, of you?
0: I don't want that. I mean, Spotify also will generate transcripts for us. But will uh, they
1: really? I just want a transcript that says in parentheses. Tristan laments the passage of time.
0: <laughs> Can they put Tristan sigh in the transcripts?
1: Enable AI companions. You will use AI technology, which may include third-party models, to provide AI companion service. Uh. Anyway, I'm not going to do that right now. But at some point in the future, uh, we may get a meeting notes after this with like action items. For the Pelton cast <laughs> or whatever. Well, you and- still
0: have an action item. Speaking of things we did not toast to an action item for planning PeltonCast live spring 2024.
1: Sold out shows. That's what I'm planning. Sold out podcast shows. Sorry, I couldn't get to the PeltonCast. Look, it looked great. The No Dunk Show in Indianapolis. It, it did. You saw that on Instagram? Of course. And did you think to yourself, Tristan did that?
0: Uh, no, I really thought no dunks did that, but you know didn't
1: cross your mind?
0: You had like uh you you had the same role that my friend Matt, who stood in for Shaq as getting dunked on by Jaime Jaquez during rehearsals before all stuff said
1: in the dunk contest?
0: Yeah. Oh. He he dunked over Shaq. But oh. the closest facsimile for Shaq available at rehearsals was my friend Matt. So that's that was your role in the no dunks.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pulling up Instagram. <laughs> was that, oh, no, no. I was going to say, that was not just a story. Only 143 likes. I was going to... 2,818 plays. Matt got... Hewer got a lot out of that post. Don't think he didn't know when he was doing that. That's me booking a show. <laughs> Except I only get the credit right here. Right here to you.
0: Oh, congrats. Should we put the toast
1: for that? Which the sold out no dung show. That yeah, to, but, yeah. <laughs> Should we do a test of that? No, that's fine. We do. It's also do
0: funny this we we're not even drinking this week. Oh. So, so anyways, anyways,
1: don't think he were didn't know what he was doing there. Well, hello, Robin. We all do it for the gram
0: Opened a second location at U Village in 2020, which is where I went earlier tonight. After going to Din Tai Fung as well, a great little evening at U Village. You, the, the, is the transcript going to note your jealous look when you heard that I went to Dentai Fung?
1: absolutely not. No, I'm not that jealous at all. Oh, okay. I went there too.
0: You also went to the U Village location?
1: Yeah. I went oh, there after a the Husky went, game.
0: Uh, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You, you, and you also went to Dintai Fung?
1: Will not note <laughs> any jealousy coming from you about going to a UW basketball game. Can't say I felt me. Can't say I felt me.
0: It's been a long time since I've been to a UW men's basketball game. The only UW basketball game I've attended in the last, uh, it's maybe not quite two years, was the five, no, I did go to a full UW women's game last year, but then there was also the five minutes of the UW women's game against Stanford where they upset Stanford last year that I had to leave immediately because Kyrie Irving got traded. <laughs> that was my last time at Hackett.
1: Wait, so you went to the beginning, Kyrie ever got traded, and you're like, I'm gone, I'm out.
0: I did the I did the Abe Simpson, <laughs> took off my hat, sat down in my seats, looked at my Twitter during the first time out, and was like, oh, put the hat back on, and out I went.
1: Wouldn't it have been faster to have just right there from the game?
0: I didn't have my computer, I was there as a fan.
1: Oh, wow, you do that? Yeah. Wow. ESPN's Kevin Pelton, man of the people. Oh, God. It all turns into a flex. You did it for the gram. <laughs> you went to the game for five minutes as a fan. Again. Just a flex that Kyrie Irving being traded was important enough for you to have to leave the event. That I that wanted you, to
0: stay. It was a great game. I missed out.
1: You were willing to to, to to bring yourself down to be one of the people, but you were like, but also, it's a flex in both ways.
0: But I was willing to bring, bring myself down to be one of the people. The point... It was at a UW women's game, not at a UW men's game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Anyway, cookies.
0: Yeah, cookies. <laughs> Hello, Robin. Uh, what did What did you get at Hello, Robin
1: this time? I had a little bit of everything. At Hello, Robin, I got the chocolate chip, always amazing. Uh, orange habanero <laughs> chocolate chip, the salted butterscotch, uh, and of course a mackles more. I think that's everything. That, I mean, I got twelve cookies. I didn't oh, you eat all twelve. i shared them among my family i know
0: uh did you try the toast and jam the seasonal
1: oh fuck you know what i think they they sold like the last toast and jam as i got to the front Uh... you know i'm thinking about this and i really wanted the toast i remember being in line and then i got to the front of line look i'm literally managing three children one of whom is very allergic to everything inside of hello robin and so like I'm trying to plan out my order, and I order with such fucking precision at these places. I actually – I was at Dick's after the hockey game, and I was just like – Is this like, a flex? No, it, it is. And yeah. I was just like, I want boom, 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 one ketchup. You know what I mean? It was it was just like – it was like deluxe, special, two cheeseburgers, one plain cheeseburger, fries, large Diet Coke, one ketchup condiment, period. I'm just like, like soup Nazi level laying it out. That's what you have to do when you have children. You can't take your time.
0: I, I agree. I, I buy that. All right. So I had... I
1: wanted to get that though, to be honest.
0: I did have that. It was, the jam was really quite tasty. Uh, Also had the Mac was more, obviously. That's my number one go-to at Hello Robin. Uh, I had the salted butterscotch. And the last one today was... I guess it was a classic chocolate chip. So... And the thing about Hello Robin is, like, the variety is on point. I think no matter what style of cookie you're interested in, Hello Robin is going to deliver that for you.
1: So how how much credit are we giving? I, I know that we can't judge them based upon having Molly Moon ice cream sandwiches on the menu.
0: Not in this particular search.
1: I will say a cookie ice cream sandwich is up there with one of the best desserts you can have.
0: I would say when we do the Pelton Cast Tournament of Champions.
1: Oh, that's when we have the the Hello Robin Bolly Moon cookie ice cream sandwich. So you remember when we were kids, ice cream sandwiches used to mean the like very strange, soft, long chocolate cookie thing with ice cream in the middle. And I'm going to tell you something about those. We fucking loved them.
0: Oh, that's all we had. Those were all the uh, ice cream sandwiches we had and we loved it.
1: And then all of a sudden, some genius person out there had the idea of making an ice cream sandwich in between two cookies. And that really stepped up. I mean Probably... to be to be
0: fair, that, that did exist. Like when you went to the fair, there would be two chocolate chipped cookies and ice cream inside. It just didn't work.
1: Jan was gonna let us get that? Oh. Absolutely not. Yeah. Things may have existed, but Jan wasn't no way. She would let us get a scone. You can get a scone. But you weren't getting no cookie ice cream sandwich at the fair. Don't tell me you did. I
0: I don't know that I specifically remember it now.
1: Absolutely you did not there are certain things Jan will not let you get. (laughs) Is that not true? Anyways,
0: I'm just saying it wasn't like they just didn't think of it. I
1: didn't even know it was a thing at the time.
0: It wasn't artisanal cookies of this nature.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible thing. But I I think the thing about Hello Robin is it's a pretty traditional cookie, right? Like, you talk about the Met Market, the cookie. They are doing a lot in that cookie. Too much. If you ask me, I haven't had the cookie, but I'm deeply resentful about it. So
0: <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that's fair.
1: I, I will say that's just the description of it is like, this seems fine, but also it's falling apart. There's tons of chocolate in it. There's randomly walnuts. It pretty much has to be warm to be good. And I, don't, I wouldn't say that it has to be
0: warm to be good. It's it's peak. It's peak quality when it's warm, which. One of the cookies I've been thinking about in the context of this, because when I went back and reviewed the notes, like going, it wasn't until this period of time when we previously did an aborted search for Seattle's best cookie that I had like really, you know, thought seriously about cookies, but you know, or a variety of different cookies, but until that, that year, specialties was my standard. I was thinking about that as I was walking around U Village where there used to be one. And the specialties cookies are very were very similar to the cookie from that market.
1: But specialties are inedible when they're not warm.
0: I wouldn't go that far. And I think the I do think the cookie is better than what specialties was putting out.
1: That's that's probably fine. I mean, I loved warm specialties. Obviously, everybody loved warm specialties. It was it was an incredible moment for cookies. But. To me, Hello Robin, it operates within a traditional cookie medium, and the cookies are still exceptional. Yeah. I love everything about the experience. I like that you can see them baking them there, that you can eat it when it's warm or when it's cold, and it still tastes basically the same. The uh, warm gooey MacGill S'more is excellent, but it still maintains even when it's not brand new. It's not like the chocolate gets oh, hard. Yeah. It's I mean, still gooey even when it's even when it is cooled off, and that is I, an incredible thing to have achieved.
0: I think back to the number of times where I would go to Hello Robin and get you cookies and bring them to you, you know, that night or even a day later, and they would still be terrific. Yeah.
1: And and I think, I guess we're judging the location overall, not an individual cookie. The Mackels S'more to me is probably the number one item on the menu if we can't factor in the cookie ice cream sandwich. And look, there's a lot going on there. I had never considered such a thing before Hello Robin made it having uh, a s'more and a chocolate chip cookie all in one.
0: The one thing I can't quite tell, like basically every Seattle cookie place does some version of a s'mores cookie, uh, at least, you know, on a regular basis. And I can't tell if that's just like nationally, everyone does s'mores cookies or it's a Seattle specific thing because the Mac S'more is so
1: good. I think something may have been started here. Literally the worst thing about it is the name, but, you just have to say Maclesmore and you don't you just can't feel good about yourself where he's saying that. But I actually will defend, despite criticizing the name Macklesmore, I will also defend it. And it's good to have things in our hometown that are ours. Say what you will about Macklemore's music overall, right? There's some fine songs. I like that the Mariner's seventh inning stretch have their own thing, and it is so uniquely Seattle. And so that when, if you're out, if you're a tourist, if you're coming to Seattle, you're going to the Hello Robin, you're getting the Mackelsmore. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm in Seattle. I want something that represents the city of Seattle here. Right? Yeah. That is what we are looking for. And that's what most sports teams do badly. And most people in Seattle do badly. We want things that represent us in Seattle. Because when you go to a place, you want it to uniquely feel like that place. Like there's culture happening only in that place. And that's what Hella Robin feels like.
0: So my other favorite thing about the notes from that 2015 discussion was you brought up being told by your coworkers like about this mythical place in New York called Milk Bar. Oh yeah, and you were like, "I'll never go to New York. I'm never getting Milk Bar." It was That's very kind
1: of incredible. Wait, what year did you say this was? 2013?
0: 2015. Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. 2013 was was when Hello Robin opened. Uh, also, Milk Bar. I had Cookings. never had a
1: Milk Bar at the time.
0: No. I didn't wow. go until the 2016 All-Star Game in Toronto it was the first time that I ever went to Milk Bar or, or Uh Also, Milk Bar's cookies aren't that good. There's so many other great things on the menu at Milk Bar that are not the cookies. But, uh, Milk but Bar th- we made so it clear.
1: Popular, ubiquitous. Jan made a trip to Bellevue yesterday just to go to Milk Bar. And just she, to go to Milk Bar. If she, And there's like a champagne and macaroons, which she mispronounces. <laughs> uh, there's a champagne like, and macaroon place that she also goes to
0: you know one of the things that i've discovered in looking uh, for the list of seattle's best cookies and i've, I've learned about it in a lot of new spots is many people consider macaroons cookies and i am here to reject that outright macaroons are not cookies they are macaroons
1: i i agree with that assertion maybe on like some sort of larger sense they're cookies but that is too large of a sense that's like they're they're a cookie in the sense of like a uh, hot dog being a sandwich sense, right? We we have to be a little bit more granular with this, people. Thank you. Which is anyway,
0: why the Costco hot dog was not eligible for our search for Seattle's best sandwich, and why, with all due respect to Lady, still um,
1: would not have won.
0: <laughs> no, it would not a <have> one. <laughs> would have had a lot better chance than the Costco hamburger, that's for sure. We're
1: We're also not re- eligible. Not eligible either.
0: But in the hamburger search, I bet.
1: Yeah, but a hamburger could also be considered a sandwich. Yes, I, I see your point.
0: Well, the Costco cookie is going to be considered in I our can't search. Wait. Seattle's best I cookie. I have not had it yet. Oh, maybe yeah. Later, I, maybe later I, this week. I've had so it Maybe that we had that'll be next week.
1: So, okay, the thing about Hell Robin is it, it's very buttery. They have all these signs around talking about butter.
0: It's I didn't. Rich. I didn't really realize that until... Tonight, I was looking as we were leaving and saw they had a t-shirt with a stick of butter on it. Because oh, To me, treat is so much more clearly buttery than Hello Robin
1: is. Look, we're there for the combination of butter and sugar with a little hint of chocolate. Right. It's the greatest combination in the world. But I, my, I really love You're there like for the wet bread? <laughs> the wet bread. Uh, gooey is the word when you talk about cookies. I that's, the, that's the cookie version of wet bread.
0: Gooey for donuts doesn't sound really as good. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I'm just saying it's bad, but I, it's, the description doesn't sound as good.
1: I think that Hello Robin is operating within such traditional cookie rules, basically, right? They're not trying to do too much at Hello Robin, and they basically are doing it perfectly. The chocolate chip cookie at Hello Robin, the Macle s'more, it like... It feels like cheating at some of the other places where you're just like, we're just going to dump a bunch of shit in here. You know what I mean? And it's going to be absurdly over the top flavor wise. Like, yes, that's good. But could I eat more than one? I don't know. And at Hello Robin, I could have eaten all 12 of those cookies and I would have felt mostly fine about myself. The price point is a little bit lower. The size is a little bit smaller. It's a cookie in the way that when you think of a cookie, That is what you think of. And I think that's what's impressive about Hello Robin.
0: I mean, I don't think that's the only way for a cookie to be, but I agree that that's a selling point for Hello Robin to me is the size is appropriate that you can easily house two of them in a sitting and not feel that bad about it.
1: Two? I had like four on the drive home. (laughs) I'm not joking. I literally did. And then I went back for two more that night. So
0: So Hello Robin, again, a very strong contender. I would be shocked if they don't end up in the bracket here.
1: Oh, in the bracket? There's not even a question. To me, I think Hello Robin might be, again, I I just, there's something about the -the over-the-top sweetness and flavor. And I think that's what we're going to find in the search is it's a very nice thing to have. And like, treat is great. But when I think about eating a treat cookie, I'm like, that is like, it's an excellent thing to have one half of. You I mean, know? that's
0: a but that's a size is part of it. I mean, obviously they're also
1: it's it's a size, but it's also a flavor profile. And I think that Hello Robin, it there's there's the sugary side and then there's the buttery side. Hello Robin leans a little bit more in the buttery side. It's a little bit more like a pastry. Whereas the sugary side and the extra flavors involved. I, I'm curious to try it through a critical perspective because mostly when I'm eating cookies, I'm just excited about eating cookies. And but I, I feel like Hello Robin to me is it has actually become in the last year since we went there. One of the Husky games, we went there and I was just like, holy shit, I forgot how good these cookies are. And after that, it's also the the salted butterscotch to me is actually low key my favorite of the cookies. I love salt love butterscotch. You just eat it and it's just perfect. It's cooked perfectly. I just don't know so, if that
0: that flavor profile needs the butterscotch as much as the the chocolate chip benefits from it.
1: I mean, I I'm not bad about it. Like if I could choose one cookie from Hello Robin to be like my favorite cookie at Hello Robin, it's the salted butterscotch. But I think the chocolate chip. Like I like I like the chocolate chip, the maco s'more and the salted butterscotch pretty much equally. I mean, across the board. that's the other thing I'll
0: say about Hello Robin is like, if you're one of these people that is not like our philosophy is we're judging, you know, the, the, everything you have and the best of everything you have. But if you're one of those people who's like the measure of a place is it's chocolate chip cookie compared to the chocolate co- chip cookie everywhere else, the Hello Robin chocolate chip stands with any anything.
1: I totally agree. So Again, to me, I think I think they have a legit chance to be the number one cookie in Seattle. Without question. I, I wouldn't be surprised because there, there's just I, – I don't mean to be a traditionalist here. I want to see what everybody has to offer. But there is something about it being a little bit more of a traditional it's, – it's just a chocolate chip cookie, right? There's not like the fucking ethos where they're like, we went back and we went into the lab and it was like more chocolate or whatever, right? Like it's not going to fall apart when you eat it. You just you grab the cookie, you eat it, and then you go back for more.
0: Do you have a thought on what we should get to next week?
1: So I'm down for whatever, as long as there are cookies. Do you want to run through, though, what we were thinking of as the must-get-to destinations for Seattle's best cookie as of now? And if there's any other feedback about other cookies, we want to know about it.
0: True. Well, we'll just run through the list that I have right now in case someone has some nominations. So I have these grouped in a few different categories. There's the ones that we historically have considered Seattle's best cookies. So the other ones that we have besides Hello Robin and Met Market are Treat, Bell's, and Hitchcock Cafe. Which it was actually the Hitchcock Deli, which no longer exists in Georgetown, that kicked off this whole search back in 2015 because I called it the best cookie I ever had. It was our
1: first ever search for something. You came home talking about how good the Hitchcock Deli cookie was and you were like, that's the best cookie in Seattle. And I had to challenge that because anytime that anybody's making a statement about something being the best, I would hope that the other one of us is there to question that perspective, Mm -hmm. to not blindly go along with it. (laughs) Uh, unless it's your perspective about like that whether Jaron Jackson is good or something, um, I will blindly go along with your perspective about something along those lines. But beyond that, I I had to question that, and I told you there's no way that that was Seattle's best cookie. We need to do this a little bit more scientifically, and I think we did. And I no, think our we really didn't. We're inconclusive.
0: <laughs> yes, we we they were yeah incomplete at the very least. Uh, We've
1: definitely not gotten better at searching for Seattle's best, just more complicated.
0: (laughs) Yes. More convoluted. All right. Some places that I haven't had that I definitely want to try over the course of this that are highly regarded. Uh, Seawolf. We got recommended by the listener. Uh, A couple of new places that I just learned about doing search, doing, you know, searching for cookies on Google. Map. Yeah. Uh, Coping cookies. Get baked Seattle and cookie break. Okay. I believe it or not, I have never had a cookie from Dahlia.
1: I have had Dahlia cookies. I, I, don't, I do not think they're going to be a contender, but...
0: Okay. I want to try it. Uh, De Laurenti has cookies that came up on some of these lists. Uh, Little J in South Park is a relatively new spot.
1: I swear we had Dahlia cookies in the last search. Oh, You,
0: you had them. I didn't.
1: What was my review back then?
0: Uh, I can't remember for sure. Okay, great. All right, some places that I have been that I did not necessarily think were strongest, the strongest tier of contenders, but I, I'm certainly willing to go back and you know, I don't know how many of these you've had. Uh, Lowrider, uh, Cookies with Tiffany, Midnight Cookies, and Hotcakes.
1: I don't know if I've ever had the Hotcakes Cookies. I know that I have not had Lowrider before, but I've wanted to.
0: You d- I didn't bring you Lowrider? That's surprising. Uh,
1: maybe you did.
0: Then we've got, we talked about this as part of the reason to do the search again. Costco and Taco Time has cookies on the menu. Now we do need to mention.
1: Well, the Lowrider has a straight-up rip-off milk bar cake.
0: I did. I I didn't realize that. I. So a couple of places that are not eligible is I rule it. Number one and a key one is Macrina Bakery because of the shared ownership with our sponsor, Pagliacci Pizza. Uh, The other one that gets mentioned on some of these lists I don't think is eligible is Delancey because it seems from what I can tell, like you have to go and actually get dinner and order a cookie that way as opposed to just being able to order a cookie on its own. I don't think that can qualify as Seattle's best cookie. Curious to try it, but not, not eligible in my view. Do you have any thoughts on this?
1: Uh Macrina's owned by Poliachi. Matt Gallon owns Macrina. Yes. Wow. We should be getting some of that too. That's why uh,
0: that's I why they have Macrina. the that's why they have the Macrina cookies at Paliacce.
1: That's my initial thought. Um yeah, birthday cake, birthday cake, cookie, cake slice. I mean they do have some some that look a little bit different, but this is basically almost exactly a milk bar ripoff.
0: That specific item? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their specialty is filled cookies, which is very different, I would say.
1: The the six-inch birthday cake cookie cake looks exactly, like their cakes look exactly like Milk Bar. And, I had, and they do sell full-tilt ice cream, so that's nice. There's just something about a company that has like the precise version of somebody else's thing in the same way that I talked about we want it to feel uniquely Seattle when you're here. I want it to feel uniquely you when you're at that location. A treat cookie it's very different than a Hello Robin cookie, right? 100%. So to be Seattle's best cookie, there has to be some personality to it. But again, we're right?
0: not we're not judging. I, I agree those cakes look very similar to, uh, in every way, uh milk bar. I'm but just th- not, cookies not are
1: here not. for an NPC cake. You know what I mean? Like, a- I don't need an AI cake right now. So I, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. No, I, I get it. I get it. God damn All- it. Uh, Hello, Hello, Robin, invented ice cream, cookie ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> they were the no first one, to do it after no some sort of ever. tenuous perspective about the fair that you have. <laughs> I don't know who you were going to the fair with. That anybody, Jan wouldn't even let you look at those. <laughs> no, I could look. She can't stop me from doing that. I try to describe to children sometimes what do we all again about hockey when there's like kind of like an absurd experience for a child to have because of whatever, like random access. And I'm like, this isn't normal. I'm like, what is normal is going with Jan standing room only and competing to find seats when you're a child and loving it and, and loving it. But also like that is a normal experience The the participation in like the active participation in a sporting event or in a game that other people are having down there. You don't get to have that. <laughs> <laughs> like that is what a normal sporting experience is like, except
0: that there's when there's snow, you get to move down to those seats. But I refuse to
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was thinking about I was thinking about. This is such an unrelated conversation. I have a lot of general thoughts about what else is I going to fix on this pocket baseball free agency. I've got other things to fix: cookies, baseball free agency. Anyway, that all sounds good to me. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, there was also the the Snapdragon pop up in West Seattle. Snapdragon from oh, Vashon, yeah, yeah. and I I think Vashon would be eligible as well. I don't think just because you have to take a ferry to get there. I think Snapdragon pop like.
0: Yeah, I ruled out Proper. some that were outside of the the, you know, Seattle Metro, too far out of the Seattle Metro area for me. But Vashon would not be.
1: And Vashon, like it's for you, it's easy, right? Oh, piece of cake. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see here. Our pop up in West Seattle is growing. Come see us Sundays. We are located inside the Senior Center bu- building. So there you go. Hmm.
1: Where's the Senior Center building?
0: That's right near the Pagliacci.
1: Is it really? It is. We had a great time in West Seattle on Saturday. I we went to Dojo. I we went to Poliachi after the pepperoni pizza. Didn't, didn't come to
0: see me uh, uh, in my sick uh, day.
1: You didn't You didn't show up for the basketball game, so I was <laughs> not going to be contacting you. Thank you. But <laughs> the, when the pepperoni pizza at Pagliacci is hot, it was brand new and it was fresh. When they had it, they didn't need to put it in the heater or anything like that. There's literally no better pizza in the entire world. Don't challenge this. They're our sponsor.
0: Uh, I think, well, Saturday I do intend to come to Mateo's basketball game. I think I will try to bring with me Little J from South Park. And we'll see how those cookies are.
1: Those are the cookies? You sound like you're picking up a person.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. It's I was
1: like, they're not invited.
0: <laughs> like you wouldn't want little Jay from South Park to come. It Sound like know. a fun time.
1: All right. Fine. Fine. 9 15 AM on Saturday.
0: Ooh, okay. That's a that's an early start call. Maybe maybe we'll not do that, but uh we'll think about that later. Uh, related to the Lady J uh in in West Seattle. Lil okay, Jay. Got it. All right. With that, uh we do well no, we gotta continue uh Little Woody Seattle Burger Month which this week features the pancita tostada crunch from Janet Becerra of pancita featuring a crunchy tostada. I wanted to keep the burger classic and simple while highlighting the flavor and texture of our in-house nixtamalized and ground masa. I chose to add a couple of Mexican twists to the traditional elements of a classic burger, like adding morita chili to our fry sauce, using our house cure to season the pork beef patty, and swapping out sweet pickles for pickled jalapenos. So looking forward to checking this one out as... Seattle burger month continues.
1: All right, what was your review of last last I know this is not available now but uh of the Dark Alino's burger.
0: It was very tasty. I kind of felt like there was too much going on. Like what you were saying about cookies cuz you know obviously burger patty there was you know I forget exactly what it was that a was a lot of fish related things. The XO sauce, yeah. Is the fish. I mean it didn't taste fishy. I wouldn't okay. say necessarily cuz right. we're using prosciutto to to make it in addition to, and I think scallops are traditionally a part. I, I don't think they were a part of that, but it, that was kind of like a meaty topping on the burger. And then there was also a slice of copa ham on the bottom, and it felt like I I kind of didn't need all those different flavors necessarily. It was a, it enough. was a bit rich, but still delicious. And shouts to Bremerton. All right, now. Let's get into your review of this game I missed on Coach's Corner.
1: My review? I'm coaching it. Uh, so we'll recap. Uh, it's midwinter break in the Kent and Renton school districts, and a lot of people took that as an excuse to get out of town, uh, not prioritize children's basketball like I was, which say la vie. So we ended up with five players in the game on saturday which meant that every single player was having to play every single minute of the game that's why i told you this was the one to come to because i was like mateo is going to be playing every single minute of the game
0: maximum time
1: or is he oh Uh, no oh no you haven't heard anything about this game no so th- there's one kid on the team that I've mentioned. I've got the Jan, wild. The Jan just
0: called team. me up to ask me whether she should watch the movie Saltburn. That's all. That's all I got from her. She should not watch the movie <laughs> Saltburn. I agree, but she said she said you very clearly had told her not to. Her, her description I very of it. Clearly. Yeah, you explicitly told her not to. Her description of it was the movie where the guy dances naked at the end.
1: I mean, that's kind so of that, that took me a
0: second to get there.
1: Oh, that's she was like, "Should I watch the movie where the guy dances naked at the end?"
0: Yeah,
1: he's just really thirsty bathtub water looked great um, she also, she
0: also <laughs> asked whether uh, *Colors of the Flower Moon had a, had an upbeat ending
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it but I just know that it doesn't have an upbeat ending
0: <laughs> it's it's Martin Scorsese film he's not yeah. really known for that
1: I'm excited for the second half of Oppenheimer to see what happens <laughs> <laughs> wait have you actually not seen the second half? no I, I've seen I've seen Oppenheimer. Okay. Have you seen the meme? It's like there'll always be a younger Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about when they make a younger Sheldon? It's like the funniest thing to me. Anyway, uh, so the there was we've got the wildest team, right? The amount of the most kids who are most likely to get kicked out of any game of any any child that I have ever coached. Literally before the season, I have never had a child be ejected for a game. And You've only had yourself
0: be ejected from Gibbs.
1: And and look, many of the children that I've coached before were my children. So it's not like you could just say this is the first time that one is taking after me. So pregame, there's one kid who's showing up. He had to skip last week because it was just like he he was having a week. And uh, so he's going to be there. And I'm like, I'm going to go talk to the referees beforehand. And just give them a heads up and just be like, if there are any issues, because we had kind of kind of a wild practice beforehand. He that was, Did I tell you this is the practice where he said I was the worst coach in the world? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, on the pod. Okay. yeah. So we had like kind of a wild practice. It was right after that. And I was like, I'm just going to go give the refs a heads up. Be like, if there are any issues, they're like 16 years old or whatever the refs. And I'm like, I'll just I will handle it. You know what I mean? Like if there's like a fight or something, I'll just go grab and remove from the situation. I could hold it down with small children. So I'm talking to the refs beforehand. His dad before the game, I was like, how's he feeling? His dad was like, he was like, oh, good. I was talking to him about Dennis Rodman. And I'm like, why were you talking to him about Dennis Rodman? I'm just trying to make it through a game you don't need to talk to him about Dennis. I think what the, what he was trying to say was Dennis Rodman got a bunch of rebounds and that's how he contributed to the game. But he also got the ball to other players for scoring. It wasn't just like heat seeking for scoring. But I'm like, damn, that is not the person that I wanted you to bring up <laughs> for, for the child that I'm worried about being ejected for the game. <clears throat> anyway.
0: You were like, why couldn't you have gone with Reggie Evans instead?
1: I, I go talk to the referees. Well, I don't think I all want him doing some of the things that I haven't done either. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. Uh, I go talk to the refs before the game. I'm like, here's what's going on. They're like, cool. Got it. We understand. They like, they knew who he was generally because of Pat. he was ejected from two different quarters in a previous game this year. Uh, and so the game starts, or whatever, 12-0 run to start the game. The other team only has five kids also. It is five on five that we're playing there. At least it was five you're on.
0: not you're not mixing up matchups from quarter to quarter to. Oh, try to I actually away. I actually was. Well, you would understand what I'm saying. Though? Like, yeah. you're not like the, trying to figure the... out who's out there.
1: They did the same thing too, though, where it was like at the end of the first quarter, I changed some people just just to find a better, a more appropriate matchup. Really, because I I was only thinking about n- no players on the team hitting anybody. That was like my hundred percent goal on this one, because it was not only were there five players there, it was the five wildest players who were there. It was not none of the all of the like calm kids. They were gone. They were in Canada or whatever. They they were in Switzerland. They were having a nice time being pacifists, <laughs> but. We had the most warlike players on the team for us. Anyway, second quarter starts. Mateo is upset that he was wide open for a pass. Doesn't get a pass. Is now on the sideline with Mrs. Fantasy Genius crying hysterically. while the game is happening. And the kid who he's supposed to be defending is scoring, which makes me the most upset. Because I'm like, you're fucking, I don't care that you don't get past the ball on one end. You're letting your team down on defense right now, and because they come down and score, I'm like, "Do your thing, celebrate, do your triple celly or whatever. Like shoot your arrow like Penix. I'm happy with it. Do do the uh, uh, the Dougie." Anyway, they're doing all those things. I'm like, celebrate, but be thinking about defense immediately after. Because you know what I'm about. And that's big defense for these first graders. Uh, so anyway, Mateo is crying on the sidelines because he didn't get the ball on like one possession. And so the game is happening. I just walked over there because I was like, I'm going to try to calm him down or whatever and be like, it happens. Sometimes you don't get past the ball. Blah, 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 blah. It's okay. Yeah. And then so he, I was like, can you just come back to the bench? And calm down. Game is happening. His kid scores two points. We only gave up, I think, 12 points the entire game. And the kid who he's defending scored two baskets while he was crying on the sideline. I'm furious about it. Uh, so he's going to come back, reaches back, slaps me in the face extraordinarily hard. The reps are right there. And they're like, you're done. You're out. <laughs> they eject him from the game immediately. I walk back. And it's also very, like, I'm in front of all of the parents, or whatever, and he slapped me, and I just have to walk back. Like, well, child got ejected. Uh, <laughs> so he he eventually leaves. We're playing four on four now. I was just like, we'll play four on five to them. I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. You that's did how we'll my play. team is on the floor. Uh, but they they made somebody from. I felt bad for the other team too because they made somebody from the other team come out of the game to play four on four. They told me that pregame that that's what they were going to do. Anyway, a couple quarters pass. We're just I mean we're like running it in this game. People are firing shots from way too far uh but hitting them occasionally. You said I, someone I,
0: made what could have been a 3.
1: I it was from again, I hate when they shoot shots from far away and they go in cuz you know, every once in a while they're going to go in and I'm just like Ugh. You know, it's I I I always want to find those teaching moments, right? I want to tell the truth Monday in the middle of the game and it never happens. So after two quarters had passed, Katie shows up, literally Katie showed up. Mateo's ejected right after, almost immediately after. <laughs> it's a shame I didn't make it. And <laughs> he ends up calming down before the fourth quarter. I go over and talk to the ref, and I'm like, can you come back in? Totally calm, totally fine. Leads the tier second, second in points. He scores six straight baskets, or three straight baskets, in the fourth quarter coming back. And I'm like, just calm. Calm yourself down. You will get the ball. There's only five kids and you would have been playing every single minute of this game. And then post game, it happens. The coach of the other team was like, oh, I'm like, we're shaking hands or whatever. They didn't want to like high five, do the line, do high fives. I-, I will tell you, we play clean and we play sportsmanlike. That is what we do here, right? we we will we will play to the very whistle we will try to save the ball in bounds but we play clean and we play sportsman like on this year hornets team so we're like lining up to do the high fives at the end of the game uh, they and i don't the other team is like trying not to do it or whatever maybe because there're just a few of them and the coach is like after i'm like shaking hands and he was like oh that was really ugly and i'm like for you it was <laughs> i'm like we just won this game 30 to 14 i'm feeling good about my dogs on the court uh, I was like, Mateo even came back from ejection and got it back. I go talk to the referees after. And something that a referee has never once uttered to me was uttered. This is the game that started with a parent telling me that they were wanting their kid to channel Dennis Rodman. After the game, the referees are like, thanks for being so cool about everything, coach.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> never thought I'd hear the again a toast to you.
1: Can you believe that? I was just like, in my head, I was like filing that one away. And I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm straight up. I I have I was very cool about everything. I was like, I will hold it down if there are any problems. I get slapped in the face. My child is ejected. After Katie was like, do you remember when we coached back in the day, kids getting ejected? And I was like, no, I've never had a kid be ejected before this season. Like, this is a <laughs> brand new experience. I,
0: I didn't have to deal with that the one game that I was acting head coach because you and Katie were both gone. Yeah,
1: <laughs> We have multiple ejections. And I was just, just trying
0: to worry about the pandemic that
1: it just started oh wow that was that one it was like february was. 29th yeah katie wasn't coaching that that was just me
0: she was part of coaching that team oh was, she? was that the
1: team coach katie yeah. coach too yeah. wow god that feels like was i was like forever, the third you know?
0: coach because i spent a lot of time there that year
1: i i actually went up pregame when i was talking to the referees and i told them about the first game when i grabbed mateo off the court and the other coach was mad at me and i was like i was like just so you know like i I'm not worried about whether these teams win or lose. Lying, of course. Um, I was like, <laughs> I'm not worried about whether these teams win or lose or whatever in first grade basketball. That would be absurd to, to worry about that sort of thing. I was like, I'm just trying to make sure that everybody is safe and calm. And, the, and, and they were like, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, I for real. I was like, when the other coach was mad at me, I was like, straight up, I am doing you a favor right now. Wow. And they were like, thank you. Thank you so much for being cool, coach. So You were, you were Jerry DePoto. Isn't that wild? We also started a game changer to a secret game changer to keep score of the games. Cause I want, I'm curious, I'm always curious about stats for the games and it's just sort of like in everybody's heads. And these are first graders remembering things or at the very best sixth graders scoring them. And so I'm like, I want, I want a little bit of something tracked so that at the end of the season, we can have some stats. So now I actually know what the score was, which is nice in the game that they don't keep scoring. Hey, thanks for being cool coach. <laughs>
0: Uh, the the transcript will not note my stern my stern <laughs> look of dis, distaste with that. All right, let's get into the roundup. Starting with a farewell this week. I guess this could have been in the test. A farewell to Kanan Smith and Jigba, who was claimed oh. off waivers by the Mariners, or by the Pirates, I should say, who previously waived him when the Mariners claimed him after the Mariners designated him for assignment. It was explained to me on the Discord that apparently they had a had A player go to 40 day or the 60 day disabled list, so it opened up a spot on the 40 man roster that explained the roster shenanigans with Kanan, Smith, and Jigba. But uh, he is back with the Pirates, the Smith and Jigba brothers, no longer uh, united in Seattle. I will <laughs> All right, Kraken, a game that you attended, Roundup Live. Hello, Roundup Live with the Kraken. Lost four three in overtime to the Red Wings on President's <laughs> Day on, in in a matinee on ESPN. A game I watched a considerable part of. Uh, all right, now let's get into your experience at the Kraken game.
1: We are a hockey household now. Oh, uh, wow, that's all it took. Yeah, I think we were inching toward it. And, you know, ever so slightly. I was I was inching toward hockeydom. How many uh, how many
0: Kraken players can you name now after attending the game?
1: Oh, so many Kraken players: Bjorkstrand, Morgan. <laughs> Oh, nice. Bjork strain again. Um no, Joey DeCord started in goal. Is Philip Grubauer hurt or is Joy no, Decord Decord's? just the, the starter.
0: He, this was one of the big storylines because apparently Detroit's third former third string goaltender, who is also American, like DeCord, has become their, their go to starter as part of their surge.
1: There we go. I learned that uh, during
0: the broadcast. I did not learn that player's name.
1: Uh Sprong was back in the building.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he had a revenge goal against the Kraken.
1: Yeah, it, it was very nice to, to see Sprong back. I was like, Mateo, he was on the team the last two years. We do everything. It was also, I think, the first time that I'd been there through the whole, like, the intro process and everything. Mm-hmm. I got to see see uh, ice rink projections and stuff. They have the Kraken that comes down from the ceiling. It's on- honestly, you know my feelings about the ownership group and about hockey being, like, the primary tenant at Climate Pledge Arena not basketball, but... All things considered, it's like a pretty good setup that they have there. They are they are good at the shit.
0: I mean, one thing to know: Did you go to a game last season, or was it did, only the I first season?
1: I went the first season. I didn't go all year
0: because they saved like a lot of the game ops elements to roll out over the course of the first season. So we I went, went, went there wasn't yeah. that much. Yeah.
1: Uh, I my boy Trunks is he not the DJ anymore?
0: I am not aware of that information. Again, I haven't been to a game this season.
1: Uh Trunks wasn't there, and I was like. I, I'm hoping that Trunks got a better job. I haven't I haven't looked at it. I have looked at his Instagram. Uh but so uh I end up waking up that morning, my boss is like, Do you want my tickets for the Kraken game? And I'm like, sure. I was planning on working today, but if your boss gives you the tickets, then that's fine.
0: He's, uh, he's yeah, but definitely. He's still got it in his bio. So I I maybe so he, he was just, just busy on President's Day. Maybe he was on midwinter,
1: right? <laughs> he he, like DJ's a bunch of games too. There might have been some other games. No, you
0: know where he, where he where he was at. Where was the UW game on Saturday that you were at?
1: I thought I saw him, but I I didn't think he did UW. He
0: does, yeah.
1: Okay, because he did Wazoo football, and I was like, "Are you gonna do Wazoo football and come back and do?" I I. Okay. Anyway, that's good. That's good. Happy that Trunks is doing well. Anyway, we have, we have incredible tickets in the club seats. I bring Mateo with me, his first ever hockey game. I'm just like, this is not normal. He gets a t-shirt from Bowie. He has this like amazing experience being there. There's free Shug's ice cream. It, it's everything that you could possibly want from a hockey game, even if you're seven years old. I had the wherewithal, though, to be like, there are a couple of pretty long intermissions in hockey. It's also a little bit of a hard sport to follow. Like, if you could, if there was, like, uh, uh, advanced level track, what's the tracking that they do in the NBA?
0: Well, they do it in hockey as well, but uh, second spectrum is historically what it's been.
1: If they did second spectrum tracking of how often Mateo knew where the puck was, my guess is it would have been very, very low. And for me, it only would have been like 70%. Because
0: during this actual broadcast, I was thinking about back to the old Fox track that they had on the puck.
1: Oh, I hated those things. The tracking of the puck.
0: How what I have learned, now actually being a lifelong Kraken fan, is that the way you follow the puck is to follow the players?
1: Oh yeah, no. If you watch enough hockey, you know what's going no. on. and like I, I the way, place that the seats are, if they're at the far end, they're still in like the middle of the ice. You know, it's in section one, so like you're in center ice. But even still, if they're at one end, yeah. there's one end that's a little bit further. And if they're in the corner, it's hard to see what's going on. Especially, I actually think that that's the worst part about watching hockey is when they score. It's very fun, but it's. If you hit a shot in basketball, everybody can see if you hit the shot. But in hockey, it's not as easy to tell if the puck goes in the net. And I'm sure that's why they have the light, right? Yeah. Is to make it a big deal. Because when something important happens, you want it to erupt. And it does. Uh, I also was thinking about just like, look, Nirvana was signed to a major label. Like, they're not that anti-capitalist. But there is a little bit of something about like, just being at this purely corporate event. Uh, and having Nirvana play after a goal, which is a little wild to me. Anyway, so I was just like, we're going to walk around this fucking arena. Because I've seen almost, I've the events that I've been to at Climate Pledge Arena are two hockey games in these same seats. The Bruce Springsteen concert in like maybe slightly worse, but still excellent seats. And then the Blink-182 concert in a, in a suite or whatever. I have not been to bad seats in Climate Pledge Arena. So my perspective is that there are not bad seats in Climate Pledge Arena. And I'm like, I just want to walk around, like, go glance at what the the rink looks like from different places, see different parts of the arena. Because at Key Arena, I knew everything about that stadium, more or less, right? We were there so often. I went to literally probably hundreds of basketball games. Or not, and, not obviously. Hundreds,
0: and they ran it- the gamut because we started out in section 2222, home of the real fans. And then you occasionally got courtside seats from there. Yeah, I earned that.
1: Oh, from you. Do not think that I didn't earn those courtside seats. Thank you. Well, the
0: lazy boy, yes, was it was a separate thing. But there were other times I got you courtside seats, weren't there? Maybe
1: one time ever. I think I sat courtside two times. Okay. Don't just act like I think. I think there was one other time that uh, we got courtside seats. The time you saw Marcus Truffaut? I think that was the lazy boy time. Oh, okay. But but also the seats. Once you started becoming an employee of the team, the seats were much better. Yeah. (laughs) So once it wasn't Jan responsible for it. If if maybe maybe if the team comes back, you might want to work for them. Um, You're gonna have to like incept me to plant the idea of working for the team. I, I I need to incept you. To plant the idea of you working for a team when you worked for them before they moved and you are a basketball stats expert. I don't think it takes that much. It's not like fucking rocket science. <laughs> I need to accept you for the most obvious thing to happen.
0: I'm just saying I like the job I have now. I sure, love I, the I, job I have now. I,
1: I understand that, but you get what I'm saying. It's not like... I, I do. It's not like it would be like so crazy. <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking around and I, like, glanced in from a couple of different sections. We walked around. Like, I, I will say the arena is not as glamorous as it seems when you're purely in, like, the club level or whatever. Like, the lower level where they've dug – they're just going to keep digging down – where they've dug down is definitely much nicer than the, like, ground level um, where you can I, see the fountain or whatever. It's not bad, but it's just nicer down below.
0: It's a little more cramped, you know, certainly on the concourses. I. I actually like my some of my favorite places to sit in the arena have been the 100 level, which is so you're upstairs, but you're in the very low part of it. Uh, I was there for one cracking game and then also uh, for the combined Ben Gibbard concerts last year. And, And I really enjoy those. It's like easy to get in and out. They're a good view. I also was in like the very last row at the Paul McCartney concert, so I've seen. I have run the gamut. Okay, yeah, you,
1: you've seen other places because I. So I went into. I guess it's the two hundred level, and I looked down at the rink, and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is kind of far." Yeah, <laughs> like I, because to me, when I'm sitting there, it looks tiny, and I'm like, "How did they make an arena so small to fit basketball and hockey?" And I still think that's kind of the case, right? They didn't make a massive arena or anything, but like, I was like, "Okay, like not every seat is." amazing or whatever i've just only sat in amazing seats right.
0: that was but, your takeaway
1: yeah that was that was my takeaway overall but i i honestly thought it was kind of a great experience i'm definitely more in we've just had like the nhl network on tv especially because it's like such a downtime for every other sport i watched
0: so much hockey last weekend because that saturday afternoon or sunday afternoon there was just really nothing else on but hockey yeah uh, Well, that was the opening game that 4-3 overtime loss to the Red Wings, the opening game of a six-game homestand, which continues this week with Vancouver, Minnesota, and Boston coming to town. I hadn't realized until they kept mentioning it on the broadcast how close the Kraken are to eighth in the West. They're three points out, but they do need to jump two other teams to get there is the big challenge facing them right now.
1: What are, What are the points for an overtime win or loss? How is that?
0: You get so you get the regular two points for a win, whether it's an overtime or not, but you get one point for an overtime loss as opposed to no points for a loss in regulation.
1: So the Kraken still got a point. Correct. Okay.
0: It wasn't a terrible outcome.
1: And do the Red Wings get three points then?
0: Two. It's not like soccer. It's it's two or one.
1: So they just they get one extra point by winning in overtime. Yes. It's not a huge deal. But the they idea
0: win. is there's no downside to losing in overtime. So you don't have to like play defensive to try to protect that point.
1: That makes sense. Uh, I Yeah, I think, I was telling Mateo, I was like, the most fun part of the game is, when because they kind of play hockey the whole time. There's just not, it's too small and too fast to really play defensive. And I think that's the thing that hockey has figured out, that soccer does not. Like, you just can't really fuck around. You you just gotta
0: keep trying to fix soccer, the world's most popular sport.
1: People keep going for now. Um, (laughs) Look, we could fix hockey too. I'm not sure how.
0: I think they've already made a lot of changes to hockey, including no, like I, the 3-on-3 three three overtime, which is the grid, I think.
1: They score so fast. I was watching the Senators and the Panthers overtime, and it was just like, boom, it's done.
0: Did you it watch that so Rangers-Islanders
1: game? I didn't get to see it now.
0: It was pretty wild because the Islanders were up 5-3 with like six minutes left in the third period.
1: Wait, what day was this? This wasn't today, right? The Rangers that was, somebody else, No, too. that was Sunday. It
0: was This was the, the stadium series.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, at MetLife Because I, I guess
0: they played back-to-back games at MetLife. And so Saturday, it was Flyers versus Devils. And then Sunday, it was Rangers-Islanders. And Rangers scored two goals. I think at least one was on a power play, maybe both on power plays to tie it, and then scored like three seconds into then, overtime to win it. And it looked to be about 95-5 Rangers
1: fans in the building. Oh, the Rangers are my number two team also. <laughs> so. There you go. It's a lot
0: of hockey talk, talk on the Felton Cast this week. The hockey I've listeners seen, enjoying it.
1: I you think I don't like Trochak, whatever his name is. He's a Rangers player.
0: I'm not familiar with his work.
1: Uh, Seattle Sounders play their
0: final preseason friendly on Saturday at Long Acres against USL Championship side. Sacramento Republic FC, they lost a 1-0 with starters on the pitch for the first 90 minutes, including Jackson Reagan's return to a back line that's taking shape. A result that Brian Schmetzer said afterwards his team didn't play to its potential. Uh, Joel Paolo did not play in addition to defenders Yaimar, Gomez, Andrade, and Alex Ronan, who continually battle injuries. Uh, with reserves rotating in, the Sounders led 2-0 at halftime in the second match when Sounder at heart notes the Republic were forced to begin using players from the Sounders affiliate, the Tacoma Defiance. The Sounders added two more goals against their minor league team. Uh, Peter De La Vega did net his first goal with the Sounders on a first half penalty in that second game. So here we are. The season begins on Saturday. The Sounders have the seventh best odds to win MLS at ESPN bat at plus 1600. They are the second best odds to win the West at plus 500. It's kind of East dominant, especially with the expectation that uh, Inter Miami will be a contender. Uh, in the full MLS season after their run through the U.S. Open Cup, or not uh, the, sorry, the Leagues Cup last year. Oh, yeah, that's what uh, we but they were too. They were, like, hopelessly behind in the MLS playoff race by the time that Messi showed up
1: last year. It's kind of like where the Oilers were before David came back.
0: Uh, it is a tough beginning. <laughs> well, <laughs> a tough beginning to the MLS regular season for the Sounders is they've is the rematch against the West favorites, LAFC. The 2022 MLS champs reached MLS Cup again last year after knocking out the Sounders 1-0 in the conference semifinals before losing 2-1 to the host Columbus crew, who are uh, apparently like the co-favorites with Miami. Uh, We did see Giorgio Chiellini retire at season's end. Pour some out for Chiellini. Obviously, some wine we're pouring out for Chiellini. They won, though, right?
1: hmm? They won, right?
0: LAFC? No, they lost. I just said that. They lost to Columbus Crew. Mm. They won They won in 2022
1: with All Tia right, lady fair. on the roster. Fair enough. Uh,
0: have yet to re-sign former MVP Carlos Vela, who could be headed to Liga MX, is a free agent. They did add goalkeeper Hugo Lloris from Tottenham, replacing Maxime Cropot.
1: Do they not want Carlos Vela, or does he want to play in Mexico?
0: I mean he's 34 so I think probably his salary is a little bit of an issue. I it doesn't seem that Loris is a designated player so I I think they have a spot open there. They they're probably eyeing a a big addition mid-season. That'll be interesting to see. Maybe two, because I think Keelan was No, Keelan he was not a designated player, I don't think. Uh in unfortunate news, the MLS season will begin with replacement referees due to a lockout of the Professional Soccer Referees Association. Uh, I can only imagine how bad replacement MLS referees are going to. <laughs> I fail. know, but but watch you know,
1: out that the fail Mary doesn't happen.
0: This did work out to Seattle's favor last time, so <laughs> that's the, the the upside. But uh, I hope they can get a deal done certainly, and uh,
1: just to catch. I don't know what people are concerned with
0: simultaneous possession. All right, we have the return this week i don't know if they're going to stay here but for this week we got to mention husky baseball
1: there we go which
0: opened the season at long beach state losing their first two games before tying game three on sunday (laughs) oh they just went home
1: i saw that they were just like we're done
0: (laughs) they went 17 innings before the the huskies took their ball and went home they had to leave (laughs) for their flight home uh the teams remarkably scored in both the 11th and 13th innings they matched runs then uh, in a 3-3 tie. Do they do
1: an X-training runner in college or no? It doesn't
0: appear that they do, from what I could tell. Uh, Maybe the they longest... should think about it. Oh, clearly <laughs> they should, especially if they've got a flight to catch. The longest <laughs> UW game since at least 1992. They played like a super long game last year against Stanford when we were recording the live show, right?
1: That I'm... sounds right.
0: Like we were following the score in the crowd.
1: <sighs> Richard Kalanick. Look... I, I do remember Jared kelvin Speaking of live shows a year ago.
0: Life comes at you fast. Remember Pete Carroll? Remember Kevin <laughs> <laughs> uh, Life comes at you fast. Uh okay. 2022, 23 uh you know baseball schedule. Uh that was a 16-inning game. They lost 3-1 to Stanford at stanford last year but it was the opening game of the series so no danger there of uh, missing the flight all right husky softball better results although also some games that did not end in a win or a loss uh beat number 18 kentucky 8-1 on home runs by grad transfer jillian sellis and sydney stewart with Brooke nelson starting ruby malin recording six strikeouts in five innings in relief then crushed future big 10 foes there Minnesota and wisconsin by a combined 21 to 5 margin with Malin going the distance in a five-inning win over the Badgers. That old
1: oaken bucket is ours. <laughs> it involved Purdue. Uh, the last what is the name of the Wisconsin? I'm sticking with it. That was a great <laughs> reference. I'm taking it.
0: Oh, boy. Love to fact-check the Big Ten rivalry. <laughs> Look, these are our, our rivalries now. Uh old old Oaken Bucket is Indiana and Purdue. It's the the I got either two, right.
1: What is the Wisconsin-Minnesota magic? There's definitely a name for it.
0: There's a little brown jug is a thing, right?
1: Oh, maybe that's maybe that's the one.
0: Little brown. This is about the song Little Brown Jug. Oh, that's Michigan and Minnesota, maybe.
1: There has to be a nickname for the Minnesota and Wisconsin rivalry.
0: Yeah, that's Michigan and Minnesota, all right? We're looking for Minnesota-Wisconsin football rivals. I
1: know anything about the Midwest, and I promise you I do not, those two <laughs> states hate each other.
0: I promise you, I don't see a name here for this. Oh, well, wait, let's... hold on, Paul Ball Bunyan, Ball Bunyan's axe. There oh, that axe there is ours!
1: Go. That axe <laughs> is ours! I'm sticking with the old oak and bucket because it's a funnier <laughs> nickname, but... But if it's I would have nailed that on the first try, that would have been really incredible.
0: Out West, we just call things the game.
1: Like, <laughs> goodbye. We don't need you anymore, Cal and Stanford. I was actually saying the Husky basketball game. I was like, this will be the last time we play Cal for a long time. Except for probably the Pac-12 tournament somehow.
0: You will I mean... Seems very faded. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Last two Husky softball matchups, including their other ranked opponent in LSU, both canceled due to weather.
1: They're scared. (laughs) The weather is scared. (laughs) They were scared to play this UW softball team. Who are the opponents?
0: uh lsu is most notably
1: oh, oh the other one was north Carolina. they want to steal a heisman from us an undeserved <laughs> heisman and then scared to play us where we really shine on the softball field
0: well there's good news here uh the huskies moved up two spots in the rankings to number four tops among teams of the loss and ahead of there several undefeated teams
1: there we go including lsu oh wow probably should have played lsu
0: uh, Huskies also won 6 2 at Florida Gulf Coast on Tuesday in a one off game. They'll also play Stetson at Stetson on Wednesday afternoon. Not the hat, just a, just a university. Uh, Where then, they
1: play at Florida Gulf Coast?
0: In Florida. They, they started just out. In out right yeah, now. yeah. They spent the entire week in Florida.
1: All right, fine. And
0: then they'll head to Tampa for the South Florida Showdown this weekend, facing mostly mid major opponents. Uh, the schedule highlighted by number eight Oklahoma State as well as Pitt.
1: I could have been a women's softball player. I'd be hanging out in Florida right now. (laughs) Canceled due to weather, though.
0: (laughs) Uh, UW women's basketball. Having the hardest luck couple of weekends possible. Uh, Last Friday at Arizona State, they led by 10 at halftime, seven going into the fourth quarter, but the Sun Devils held the Huskies scoreless. The last 156 of regulation to force OT. Uh, in the first OT, the Huskies rallied with Lauren Schwartz, put back tying it with four seconds remaining. But Arizona State then doubled, dominated double overtime. On Sunday, they went triple overtime at Arizona. Up five in the final minute of the first overtime, they saw the Wildcats Helena up Puyo, tie it with a three with seven seconds left. The Huskies then got the tying free throws from Schwartz with eight seconds left in double overtime. But Arizona dominated the third OT. The Yuskies are now 0-4 their last two weekends with three overtime losses and another by two points. But the result of that is they are tied for 10th in the Pac-12 at 3-11. and And uh, to, to quote your point about the men's team, sometimes you got to win the games. Uh, they... We'll try to do that on Friday as they host the one team behind them in the standings, Oregon, who has really fallen off from the Sabrina UNESCO days, before a visit Sunday by number nine, Oregon State, which knocked off UCLA last Friday with a three from Pasco native Talia Van Olhoeven capping, I don't know if you saw this, a series of lead changes in like the final 10 seconds of that game. Uh, they played the bulk of that one and lost at US or lost at home to USC on Sunday without star post Reagan Beers, who suffered a broken nose against the Bruins. So her status still TBD for this weekend. You know, men's basketball. You were there. Do you have takeaways from this one?
1: Absolutely, I do. I have takeaways from everything. Uh... Uh, Seats were way too expensive for this game. This is what I was actually paying for. Even on the secondary market, it was like, I mean, it was like $12 a ticket or something, but I was expecting tickets to be like a dollar where they were beforehand. And my report, it was not empty in the building, but based upon that, I was like, man, I don't know if we'll be able to. Because I just want to get in and I want to go find the seats. This is the exact opposite of the Kraken game. I want to go find the open seats as high as possible in that arena. The fan experience at, uh, what's the official name of it? Bake of America, Bake of America, or Alaska Airlines Arena yes. at Heck Edmonton Pavilion. Okay. Correct. The fan experience is just like one of the worst fan experiences of all time. It's so incredibly. Uh wild that they've they've continued to do this for so many years. There are like no students there. The student section eventually filled in, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't with students. It was just people well, look, walked in.
0: These terrible start times with the Pac-12 TV deals of 5 p.m. on a Saturday. How can you expect students to get there?
1: I are we blaming students though? <laughs> like look, you go through one six-year period of being. Truly awful and uninteresting the entire time, and all of a sudden people lose interest. Uh, but there were plenty of seats up at the top for me I to. Will say, uh, I don't
0: think this year's team is uninteresting. Kyobus Junior th- is really good.
1: I guess I agree that this team is not uninteresting, but th- they're uninspiring. Oh, I, uh,
0: I would I would agree with that assessment.
1: But otherwise, it was a pretty nice time there. It's I think I'd forgotten. I mean, this is my first time in Heckhead. Since the pandemic, I think the last game that I went to there was when Kelsey Plum was breaking the record. So it's been a minute. Long... I, I don't
0: know if you heard, she doesn't hold the record anymore. We didn't what? toast to that.
1: <laughs> what? We will not toast to that. Thank you. Uh, it's fine. I like Caitlin Clark too. Like, if you're going to lose a record, you want to lose it to somebody truly great, is my yeah. perspective. And so I'm fine with that. But, and also not somebody who plays for Oregon. So, Totally totally okay with that record. But it, it was interesting to me just being reminded of just how small heck that is. Like, you can walk the entire corridor in, like, 30 seconds. It Double is job. a... It's half. Yeah. I mean, it, Mateo wanted to... He had to go to the bathroom, and there was, like, a super long line at one bathroom. I'm like, let's just keep walking. There's nobody at the next one. It was, like, three seconds later that we got there. We walked around literally the entire arena. Uh, I saw third Pelton brother Bobby Morgan was in the house, so that was fun. Uh, the dudes who sit next to us at Husky football games, the tall dude with the long hair who went off for S- He went to SBU, right? Correct. Do you know his
0: name? Uh, It's Ron. I, I I forget his last name off the top of my head.
1: Okay. Tall Paul's son, Rob, was in the house, saw him. It felt like everybody everybody was there. I went with Katie, of all people. She returned to UW, uh, not quite as stressed as she was the last time that we were there for the Apple Cup. And <laughs> Rob uh, Diedrichs. Rob Diedrichs? Yeah. There we go. He's the one who went, he like went off for SPU against UW, right? Uh, this is
0: the, the headline here. Diedrichs and SPU mates give Huskies scare. Every other it's day of so his life. Awesome. This is Bob condota back when he was on the Husky beat. Every other day of his life, Rob Diedrichs is as big a Washington Husky fan as there is. He was once <laughs> a ball boy for the UW men's basketball team back in the wow. Todd McCullough days and attends every football game he can we can vouch for, vouch for. Monday night, however, Diedrichs was almost the Husky killer, the guiding force of a Seattle Pacific men's basketball team that threw a heavy scare into the Huskies before Washington hung on for an 86-77 exhibition win. Uh, Diedrichs, a 6'8 sophomore, scored 36 points.
1: Damn! 15 what of 23
0: shooting, 18 points in each half.
1: That is awesome. What, what year was that?
0: This was 2007. Not so, a great Husky team. Still That's such an awesome
1: headline to have written by you. I mean, oh, yeah. For me, all I have in the Seattle Times is Tristan Pelton shit on the Jingle Bell Bash at Tacoma Dome. Um, (laughs) And also Tristan Pelton in the Seattle Times shit on LCD Sound System and Arcade Fire uh, at that very same Heck Edmondson Pavilion. Still kind of played
0: there to me, I gotta say.
1: It was like literally the only time ever that there's been a big concert there. The only time ever that Seattle Times asked me to write something for them, um, but
0: one time too many. If you ask me,
1: <laughs> there was two times at the blog, the Bumper Blog. This is Post Bumper Blog, but anyway, that was Tristan Pelton. Hardly know him. Uh, it, it's interesting watching the team live. It is a little bit different than watching on TV. I think. Like, I do think there's a different element of of watching them. Paul Mulcahy, of all people, I feel like Mulcahy early in the season was kind of like, to me, he was very prominent. And I feel like he sort of faded throughout the year. He well, is...
0: Johnson has played a lot, but they, they used Mulcahy as their primary defender on Saturday against Jalen Tyson.
1: Now that went well. Um,
0: I, don't, I don't know if he was specifically the problem.
1: What did Jalen Tyson score, though?
0: Uh, Jalen Tyson had uh, 28 on 11 of 20 shooting, including 20 in the first half.
1: Uh, he's really fiery, though. Paul Kehi. like he is—he is on the bench yelling constantly. Huh. He is up yeah, in people's no, I no idea. That's what I'm saying. You don't see that, but we're we're there. You know, we were in the end that I don't like to be in. Um, I guess that would be the
0: east the, end zone. It, it's the no, the west is you're you're towards the UW men's UW bench, right? Is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. The the east is the the far
1: it's hard to orient myself from being in there or whatever but I like being on the far the far end zone it's actually
0: uh, the same directions is as, as a Husky
1: stadium but okay fair enough um, so yeah we were in the west end zone which I, I I don't love to be but we were right there behind the UW bench so you could kind of see that Paul he's very fiery Court Johnson also is like is it what year is he sophomore whomever the new UW coaches if they're able to keep Corin Johnson, I think he could be a very good player. That's like, job one, and had a great
0: follow-up to his thirty-point game on Thursday.
1: Is he? Is he like? He's genuinely considered to be a good young player, like mm-hmm. nationally. This nationally, is not just us thinking this. Nationally
0: like, seems too strong, but I he's. You yeah. know what's interesting? Keon metafield Jr. was like the most prominent freshman last year. He has had a very disappointing season after getting eligible in Arkansas. And Corrin Johnson has dramatically outperformed him.
1: I mean, I think Corrin Johnson looks like he looks like a basketball player in a way that it's to me, Keon Brooks and Corrin Johnson are the people who are like, these people could be playing basketball longer term, you know, beyond that, you see a bunch of players and you're like, love, love the thrill helm. But like this man is getting by right
0: I mean, confusing thing is still Braxton Mia's season, and obviously he's coming he's, you know he's he's, just, he started with injuries, but he was someone I was thinking is you know maybe a fringe NBA prospect coming into the season and just has not played at the level. he'll play professionally, you're seven foot in that athletic sure.
1: i but, I don't I think he has lost some athleticism, but like Braxton Mia does some things, and hopefully uh,
0: that's just because of the fact that again, he wasn't healthy at the start of the season, got you know out of shape as a result of it, and you know. With time beyond the season, that'll, that'll pass.
1: But so it still felt like the kind of game where it's like you can't help but cheering for UW. And I'm telling Katie, I'm just like, if we're being honest with ourselves, long term, it might be kind of nice to not win this game. Um, but you just, you know, you're there. You have to cheer for the team. Children are there. I'm like, I just, you know, put on a show for them. Mateo, I actually will note cosplaying as a Seattle sports fan this entire weekend. Wow, you good for that? him. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was it was a little bit difficult for him. They had a great time, honestly. They had a good time going to both games. Cause that's that's all I really cared about for this Cal game it was just like I guess both of them was just like having a fun game to go to. Cause there are some UW basketball games. Like if they'd blown out Cal or gotten blown out, it would have been like, Well, we drove down here. Blowing out,
0: blowing doing the blowing out still could be fun.
1: My favorite moments are and this I always think back to like whatever, like 05. Or something like that. Arena can be popping because it's so small, and like UW comes down. I just the two
0: thousand four Stanford game where they knocked off an undefeated Cardinal team. Like that's still one of my all time fan experiences.
1: Changing the brakes on my Chevy Lumina. Um, (laughs) I'll never forget it. (laughs) But uh, the that season. Like there would just be moments. It happened almost every game where like UW comes down. They're down a little bit. UW comes down. Somebody, Ryan Appleby, Brandon Roy, make a three or something. And it just Was erupts. It Apple- Appleby
0: wasn't on the 05 team. You're thinking 05 or 06.
1: Or some, somebody else, Trey Simmons. You know, like the crowd erupts and it is just loud and energetic in there. And you could feel it. Like you can feel, I don't know whether momentum exists in college basketball. I assume it doesn't. But like you can feel the energy in the arena. In basketball, probably more than any other sport, but oh, without like, question in that small of arena so much. And I was like, I hope that moment happens to be like, this is a fun thing. Like, it's hard to explain to children. I used to care about this team more than any other team in Seattle. I know that we had actual season tickets to the like post being. Do you remember this? Yeah. And it was horrible. I hated every second of it. The fan experience at the only yeah, No, the only, so the only part of it
0: we liked was when we could go to the other side of the arena.
1: Oh, just sitting at the very top, like, that is fine. But the way that it's designed is just so bad. Like, every, everything about it, I feel like, is designed to be as uncomfortable of an experience as possible. Well, The good did, thing is... They did originally
0: build the arena, like, you know, 100 years ago.
1: Well, the good thing is the team has never been that good, so you usually can sit wherever you want. Yes, so that, that's nice. Haven't had this problem too often. Uh, but it was a fun game ultimately. And Cal comes down. Like UW turns the ball over just horrifically. A horrific loss in the end. UW turns the ball over. Cal gets it back. Eight seconds. Boom. Nails a three. There's like four on the game clock at that point.
0: We are uh, nearing the uh, 1927 was the opening of Ed, okay, so we are nearing the hundredth anniversary. Yeah, okay. I believe four seconds when Jaylen Celestine made the go-ahead three.
1: He and he had, he hit two threes right. It was the same dude who hit the three earlier, like with like three know. minutes left. Sure. He he hit two just dagger threes in the last five minutes, and you see it going up, and you're like, oh yeah, that's going in. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can feel it. I I was like, that's going in. But we had a moment that not to call you know basketball we but like had a moment to have made just such a good play similar to the Moses Wood three that was hit earlier in the season. Severe wheeler drives down. I I haven't seen a replay of this. I know that there was somebody open to pass to. And Severe just like straight up it is Severe Wheeler time. And he'd made some shots. He'd made some difficult layups earlier, but you saw it happening and you're like, this is not it. I don't even know if he got the shot off in time. I thought he before was before the get game fouled, ended. Actually uh, even if he'd gotten fouled, he would have missed one of the free throws. Uh, wow. You know it was coming, but it just felt like severe. Drop it off to a shooter, to Mulcahy, to Moses Wood, to Keon Brooks. Anybody else? I would have rather had an open jump shot or an open three or something. And what happened? And just like they need the the timeout and moving the ball forward, though. I, I think the Huskies were out of timeouts at that point. But like, had, well, you know who has that role? role? Who women's basketball? Yeah. It's... Why why is why are they like have all the good rules? I'm telling you straight up, I feel like it's like sabotage for men's college basketball. <laughs> if everything about women's college basketball is so much better than men's.
0: Do you think the women's final four might outrate the men's final four this year? Oh, like I mean, it's, with I, the Kaylin Clark stars. in South Carolina. Yeah. If UConn gets I, there with Paige Beckers.
1: I can tell you, here are the basketball players I can name from any other college in the country. And I'm not even I'm not exaggerating. Zach Eady, yep. Bronny James. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I Jalen Tyson. You said is the Cal's player's name. He is the Cal star. There are a lot of Pac Pac twelve players that I've forgotten about. But beyond that, I couldn't at this point tell you a single player in Gonzaga. I know that North Carolina is good. Houston is really good, right? Houston. Do I know a single player on Houston? Absolutely not.
0: I mean, I, I don't even know that many players on Houston. The UConn, you should maybe know some players that did win the championship last year and have, like, my number one prospect. But
1: it's not... that I didn't watch them win the championship last year. It's just not interesting. Outside of the piece of paper, right? You have ESPN.com and your bracket, and beyond that, I didn't even care about the bracket last year. Like, it's just... That is what this sport is. I care way more. Like, if I see randomly on... on if I'm looking for a sport to be on and it's like, I can watch a random men's college basketball game, or I can random watch a random women's college basketball game. I'm choosing the women's college basketball game every single time.
0: You you missed the obligatory thing here. Hit the bingo Wait. square. What? Why do we even watch college basketball? I, the
1: thing is we don't. <laughs> it's not like, like I did watch this one. If I wasn't going to the game for the experience of going to a game, I probably would have turned it on, but also I might've watched all-star Saturday night instead.
0: I I was streaming this during all-star Saturday night. Obviously I heard that was a fucking joke. I heard Sorry, the stuff versus Sabrina was phenomenal.
1: I heard that certain aspects of it, maybe there are certain people who don't have the same perspective about, uh, how exciting women's college basketball is right now, or women's basketball is.
0: Well, those people are getting left behind. Uh, so the Huskies dropped to six and nine in conference play. The uh, the faint NCAA tournament hopes flickering. Uh Thursday, they head to Arizona State, who was four and vo when they came to uh heck ed earlier in the season. Huskies then blew them out. And since then, Arizona State has gone just three and eight with only one win at Utah over a top one hundred Ken Pomfo. Uh the Sandoval's lost by 45 at Arizona on Saturday. The Wildcats were number one seed when the Selection Committee revealed their current top 16 last Saturday Have won six in a row since their inexplicable loss at Oregon State and are 20-5 and five overall, giving Tommy Lloyd the most wins ever by a major conference coach in his first three years. Wow. His 81 wins total, tie mark fuse total, once the overall Division I record, and Lloyd has Brad Stevens' record of 89 in his sights.
1: I would say that he did that in a major conference, but it, it was not the Pac-12, so like...
0: Fair, well I, that's what I'm saying the, the real record here is when he gets to 89 uh, they added North Carolina transfer Caleb Love to their backcourt with holdovers Umar Balo and Larson leading the front court. Arizona both the number 6 adjusted offensive efficiency number 13 on defense so this I, is a game I the Huskies obviously need to win
1: the the NCAA tournament in the last year of the Pac-12 would that be fun
0: it, it would be very funny
1: do, when was the last people, time that a Pac-12 team has won the NCAA tournament
0: Ninety eight? Yeah. Yeah, Arizona it's... was the last one.
1: Oh, it was Arizona what year did UCLA win?
0: UCLA won in ninety five <laughs> in Seattle.
1: That was Tyus Edney. Yep. So is was Arizona with who was on that team in ninety-eight? Miles Simon?
0: Yeah, yeah. He must have been on there, yeah.
1: There were there was at least well Richard Jefferson. Just...
0: Was Jason Terry there
1: yet? No, I don't think he was. I think he was after. But Richard Jefferson must have been there, right?
0: Wait, did they win it that year? Hold on. I
1: don't think they did. I thought UCLA was the last Pac-12 team. Oh, uh, They won it
0: in 97.
1: 97, okay. <laughs> Wait, who else? Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? The guard.
0: Mike Bibby. Yes, Mike I'm Bibby. Forgotten. Jason yeah. Terry was a sophomore in that team. Oh. And another Seattle area native back when Arizona got all the prospects from the the Seattle area, Michael Dickerson. Unless oh yeah. Junior on that team.
1: They just had those players for I I mean players should be in the NBA, but I do feel like the current setup kind of hurts everybody as far as interest goes.
0: I agree.
1: Kind of it kind of just sucks. <laughs>
0: Our UW football completed their coaching staff with former Alabama inside linebacker coach Robert Bala being hired for the same position. Uh, Bala had not been retained after his lone season in Tuscaloosa as part of Kellen DeBoer's arrival, was set to become Western Michigan's defensive coordinator before taking the UW job. Uh, before arriving at Alabama, he had previously been a defensive analyst at Liberty and the defensive coordinator at FCS Southern Utah, his alma mater. Uh, one bit of transfer news this week, kind of wrapping up basically the Huskies of note in the transfer portal. Josh Cuevas, another Husky headed to Alabama to join De DeBoer. Well, you mentioned this at the top. The Seahawks have a bunch of new position coaches. Let's run through them.
1: Has, wait, I have one college question. Have we seen any transfers from UCLA?
0: I have not noted anything about it. That doesn't Has mean there haven't been. Anybody
1: any. inj- I've not seen anybody enter the portal. It's kind of wild.
0: It's, you know, people were not that unhappy about Chip Kelly leaving.
1: I I think who
0: could could see that
1: coming. I mean, the players must have already understood that Chip Kelly was going to leave. I don't know that the whole UCLA situation is so strange to me.
0: And Deshaun Foster, a popular former player. It it kind of makes sense from that. But
1: not a single player.
0: I. It's true that there wasn't one guy. All right, Seahawks new position coaches, uh, starting with quarterback coach Charles London, who was previously the quarterback coach and pass game coordinator for the Titans last season uh, and for the Falcons in 2021 and 2022. It's interesting, his background before that had been as a running back coach. He played running back at Duke, has coached in both college and NFL, like almost all of the Seahawks new coaches. That was one of the big takeaways I had going through this. Uh, new running back coach is Kennedy Palomalo, who spent the last two seasons as running back coach for the Raiders four before it in that role with the Vikings. He played fullback at USC, where his nephew Troy later starred. Was previously the offensive quarter at USC under Lane Kiffin, and he is named Kennedy because he was born the same day that JFK was assassinated.
1: Wow. What a uh, strange decision, also. <laughs> we <way> don't <to laughs> honor him, yeah.
0: <laughs> wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson, who you may recall from his oh. stint in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah,
1: we love Frisman Jackson.
0: Most recently, he did not have his his many career stats as I would have expected.
1: He's by far my favorite NFL player, and honestly even person, named Frisman. There you go. Uh,
0: most recently, the wide receiver coach for the Steelers the past two seasons after spending the previous two with the Carolina Panthers where he followed Matt Rule from Baylor. Uh, the tight end coach for the Seahawks is Mac Brown and Not that one. (laughs) No relation, as far as I can tell. Uh, He can get the
1: talent, but can he coach him?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying, like, look, we're that far on the nepotism trade. Oh, I didn't mention Luke Del Rio. Did I miss him on
1: my notes here? Oh, yeah.
0: That that was like cherry
1: cherry on top nepotism.
0: An analyst for the Huskies uh, previously was with the Washington Commanders, where Jack Del Rio was was defensive coordinator
1: for the Seahawks, some like way back in the day.
0: What's Jack Del Rio? It sounds vaguely familiar, but...
1: I might be thinking of Mike Tice.
0: Oh, no. Mike Tice... Played Definitely. for the
1: Seahawks. Right? Yeah. Uh, no,
0: no, Jack Del Rio has never been affiliated with the Seahawks.
1: Until now. Here we go. The Del Rios are coming to Seattle. <laughs> so many coaches in the building. Just think about it. When you're walking down that hallway <laughs> and you see Jack Del Rio, you're going to see greatness. <laughs> oh... Yeah. It's going to be so strange being at UW Games next year.
0: I, mean, I don't know that we're going to notice Jack Del Rio and Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. I think it's more to being in the facility. Pete's,
1: Pete's going to be on the sidelines. You know that we'll look down. We can see the sideline right there so closely, too. We're some going to look down, and then there's going to be Pete Carroll for some reason.
0: I feel like Pete may stay a little more in the background than that. All right, back to... Uh, uh, Mac Brown uh, spent the last five seasons with the Jets. Most recent three as an offensive assistant previous to his defensive assistant per the Jets website. He worked primarily with wide receivers and was their interim interim wide receiver coach the final three games of the 2022 season. Uh, the defensive back coach is Jeff Howard, who spent last year as linebacker coach for the Chargers, but was previously DB coach and pass game coordinator for the Browns from 2020, 2020 through 2022 uh, after starting his NFL career with the Vikings under Leslie Frazier. The offensive assistant for quality control is Zach Hill, a battleground native and former Central QB who was offensive go. coordinator at both Boise <laughs> State and Arizona State before spending the last two years coaching at the high school level.
1: I'm trying to think, I Zach Hill, what year did he play at those schools?
0: At Central? No, he was offensive coordinator though.
1: Oh, okay. He only played at Central. Yeah. I was going to say it really sounds like somebody that I played in college football and was like annoyed <laughs> about him scrambling for like. 100 yards against It me. does
0: sound that way, but no, Central was not in the game at that point.
1: Uh, and then at this point, that hasn't changed in a decade. Well, maybe First this off, year. The game hasn't changed. Second off, Central has never been in the game.
0: No, I don't think they're, uh, they're, they're way too low level. A defensive assistant is Nick Perry, a former Alabama safety who spent the last three years with the Falcons, most recently as assistant wide receiver coach.
1: All sorts of Alabama safeties. In Seattle, it's just a—I don't know—kind of strange coaching staffs here now.
0: I like—we've definitely like, I don't know how to describe it. Like we've we've spun the uh, snow globe and mixed um, things up a little bit here, because there was oh, so yeah. much continuity on the Seahawks coaching staff for such a long period of time.
1: Even just the, the types of coaches who were here, I feel like has changed just drastically. You know the amount of coaches that we had who played at Alabama would have been extraordinarily few before this. Right. Uh, the amount the amount of children of semi-major NFL coaches almost none in Seattle. So strange thing.
0: What well, we will continue to monitor is the Seahawks fill out their staff. Not it. <laughs> I don't. got to be pretty close need. to done. I
1: don't think we need to monitor that closely. <laughs> If we're talking about offensive quality control assistant Zach Hill that often, like, there's probably a problem.
0: No, no more. Like, if they if they hire anyone else, that's what we're monitoring.
1: I guess so. Uh, yes, this
0: will definitely be the last time you think of Zach Hill. Except maybe the, they'll mention on the broadcast that he played at Central during the preseason.
1: I Yeah, <laughs> during the preseason. That's like a, that's a preseason conversation. Exactly. I don't think there'll be much conversation about Zach Hill in there, but. If we get to that point of granular understanding uh, of it, I meant to complain about baseball. We didn't even talk about the Mariners. Pitchers and catchers reported last week. uh, Games are starting. Baseball is happening.
0: Games are starting yet, are they? They're still like a week away.
1: Soon, within the next week.
0: Uh, I think they're still outside a week, aren't they? Let's see here. Oh, no, I guess that's not true. Saturday, February 24th.
1: There you go. You should come watch Uh Luca play baseball on Sunday. Don't go watch Mateo play basketball.
0: I'll I'll check my schedule.
1: He's got a uh, a legit scrimmage. I'll be starting. He went uh, one one through three with three strikeouts, and uh, somebody fouled off a couple of pitches against him, and he described it as quote a wake up call.
0: <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, very different, like, very different mindsets. Your children, I
1: was like, striking at the side is not going to be a wake up call, uh, but. The, for these scrimmages they just do one inning each for all the pitchers and I'm just excited for when they go to like multiple in, you know like when the kids actually pitch multiple innings mm-hmm. and stuff like that and they're competing because it's like but the pitching is deep it is very deep this year so I'm excited
0: nice well let's hope this podcast hasn't been a wake up call
1: <laughs> I would wanted to complain about star players not being signed and spring training is starting let's we'll save that for next week it's stupid for when Blake Snell signs the Yankees. Yes. And Mariners here, Matt, still second Matt in the Chapman. odds to sign it, right? Are uh, they? I, when I think Matt so. Chapman signs with the Mariners. There has to come a, a time when salaries reach, salary requests reach the level that teams are willing to pay a player.
0: There I, I definitely will. And eventually there will.
1: Have have players star MLB players ever waited into the season to sign because they're not getting like?
0: I don't think so, but I'm not the person to ask on that.
1: It, it does feel like there's just a lot of players out there right now. I feel like their offers just kind of like sitting, waiting around to see if somebody gets desperate. I don't know. It is it is not good transact baseball. I I rate your transact to be very bad, very bad transact.
0: It's the worst Transact
1: by far. Yeah. So, and I I hate to break it to you. All the people care about is Transact. Sorry. Next well, week, I'll complain about ticket prices and Transact.
0: They definitely don't care about the All-Star game.
1: On the that NBA, note... The NBA All-Star game? Yes. Oh, it was so boring. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got my internet fixed. Good microphone cord. We can't figure this out, though.
0: That's the wake-up call. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.